You're listening to the Sermons in Progress edition of the Connections Podcast, a digital ministry of New Joy Lutheran Church. I'm Chris Duckworth, pastor at New Joy, located at the corner of 156 and Spring Mill in Westfield, Indiana. This is the podcast for Sunday, February 25th, when we'll be reading from the Gospel of John chapter 8, verses 12 through verse 20. Again, John chapter 8, verses 12 through verses through verse 20. Before we get into the reading and reflections on the text for the day, a few announcements for our congregation. The MAP, Missional Assessment Profile, online survey that has been emailed out several times over the next few, next, last few weeks. The MAP will close. We need all those responses in by Sunday. By Sunday. So if you haven't yet uh, completed the MAP, the Missional Assessment Profile, please take a few minutes to do so this weekend. An email was sent out on Friday morning, a little bit after 10 a.m., with a link to the survey. We will be in our second week of the Jesus Is series during Lent. During Lent, we are exploring five statements of Jesus as he says, I am. Last week, Jesus said he is the bread of life. This week, we will focus on his statement that I am the light of the world. So let us read from John chapter 8 beginning at the 12th verse. Jesus spoke to the people again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, Because you are testifying about yourself, your testimony isn't valid. Jesus replied, Even if I testify about myself, My testimony is true, since I know where I came from and where I'm going. You don't know where I came from or where I'm going. You judge according to human standards, but I judge no one. Even if I do judge, my judgment is truthful, because I'm not alone. My judgments come from me and from the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written, that the witness of two people is true. I am one witness concerning myself, and the Father who sent me is the other. They asked him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You don't know me, and you don't know my Father. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the temple area known as the treasury. No one arrested him, because his time hadn't yet come. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll spend most of the time reflecting on verse 12. That passage about being the light of the world, whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But I want to begin with the second part of the reading. Getting into some legal technicalities about multiple witnesses testifying to who Jesus is and how the Pharisees don't accept his own witness and that of his father because they don't know who he is and they don't understand his relationship to their father in heaven. 
Just on a basic surface level, how often do we not understand somebody? And do we begin making judgments because we don't understand them? I think of all the division we have in our society these days, across political lines, social economic lines, cultural lines, religious lines, so much of our misunderstandings and of our, our making of our fellow citizens and neighbors the enemy comes from failure to understand and often from a desire to impose our will over and against that of others. It's a combination of failure to understand and of power. In this reading for Sunday, we see just a complete failure to understand who Jesus is, who his father is, and what their relationship is with Israel and with the world. I'll just leave that there for now, but I am struck in this text how much a failure to understand and to know somebody else sets the stage for a uh, a sham trial and an execution down the road. When we fail to understand someone, even if we ultimately continue to disagree with someone, when we fail to understand someone, we walk in darkness and ignorance. And such darkness and ignorance leads to death. So that gets us to the first part of today's reading. That well-known verse, Jesus spoke to the people again saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12. Earlier in the Gospel of John, there's plenty of light imagery going on. You might recall that in John chapter 1, verse 4, we see that Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. Fourth verse of the Gospel of John, already getting to issues of light. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. Verse 9, the true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. That light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. From the beginning of the gospel, St. John here sets up Jesus as the light. So what does that mean? There is imagery in Jewish tradition of God as light. We often read on Christmas Eve passages from Isaiah. And here's one from Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you for a good reason, the Lord says to his servant. I will grasp your hand and guard you. 
and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. A light to the nations. And again, in Isaiah 49, verse 6, the Lord says, I will also appoint you as a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Now this is said to the prophet, to and through the prophet Isaiah, during a time of exile, a light to the nations. During a time of darkness, of absence, of, of separation from the temple and from their promised land, uh, the Lord promises light. And not just light for the covenant people, for the promised people of Israel, but light for the nations so that salvation may reach the ends of the earth. So when John, in, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, describes Jesus as light, he's building off this ancient Jewish tradition of God as light, of the Messiah as light for the world. But we can go back even further to the book of Exodus. Moses goes up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And in verse chapter 34, verse 29 of the book of Exodus, we read that as Moses came down from the mountain with the two covenant tables, tablets in his hand, Moses didn't realize that the skin of his face shone brightly because he had been talking with God. His face shone brightly. An encounter with God and the gift of God's word, of God's law, is light and transforms the one who receives it to shine light. Moses then bears that light, in that moment anyway, that light from an encounter with God, that light by receiving the instruction, the law of God. And then in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, we read that the commandment is a lamp and instruction a light. God's commandment and God's instruction, the law, these are a light. So again, there is a Jewish tradition of, of God's word, of God's law, of God's own presence being light. Of course, you can go back to Genesis chapter 1 as well, with the creation of all things and light shining even there in the darkness. So now let's get back to the Gospel of John chapter 8. We have laid out here already that light is an image of God's presence. Indeed, light coming into being in Genesis chapter 1, an image of God's life. And light is an image of salvation, a light to the nations to bring salvation to the world. All that is from the Old Testament. So John is using that imagery here now in John chapter 8. Now, we learn in John chapter 7 that Jesus is at the Festival of the Booths, one of three annual festivals in ancient Judaism that required a pilgrimage to the temple. This festival, celebrated the Exodus, was a bit of a harvest festival taking place in the fall every year. At this festival, they would light bright lights in the temple, amazingly bright lights, perhaps to evoke the pillar of cloud of, of cloud by day and fire, the pillar of fire by night that led the Israelites during the Exodus. 
It was the brightest light of the year, a light unlike any light people would see in the ancient world. And so not only is Jesus leaning on this ancient imagery in Scripture from Exodus and Genesis and Isaiah and Proverbs on light, but he is also leaning on the imagery from the temple in that moment. Light that shines from the temple. Jesus is now saying, I am that light. I am the light. I am that temple. I am that promise. I am that salvation. He is claiming all that light means to himself. He is saying, I am that light. Of course, light helps us see things, right? Thinking very literally. You ever walk around in darkness? It's very difficult to walk in darkness, especially if you're walking through a child's bedroom as you're checking on them after they've gone to sleep. But ouch, you step on a Lego. Ouch, you trip over a toy because it's dark in there. Or the darkness out in the wilderness if you're camping you need to get out to the outhouse or get something from your... Uh, vehicle or just step outside for whatever reason and you're out in the darkness and it's so easy to stumble over something light shows us a way in the midst of darkness there was an old Broadway show back in the 80s I remember seeing I don't know how big of a hit it was it was called Starlight Express it was a Broadway show about Trains. All the characters were trains. There was a diesel train, a coal-fired train. There was electric trains. Anyway, I don't even remember the plot of the of the show, but I do remember a song called "There's a Light at the End of the Tunnel." There's a light at the end of the tunnel. That light gives hope as we're in the midst of darkness. Light gives hope, light gives direction, light leads us to life. Light is life as it causes seeds to sprout forth from the ground. Jesus is the light, the light of the world. Of course, light can also be disturbing. If we're trying to hide something, darkness might be useful. Shine a light in a dark corner, you might see things that someone else doesn't want you to see. Light reveals. Yes, light would reveal our sin. Light reveals whatever we want to hide. Light shows what we're keeping to ourselves. And so I see light as overwhelmingly good and positive, of course, but there's a challenge to light as well. Sometimes we want to keep light and the Lord of light, our, our Lord Jesus, at an arm's length distance. Well, Jesus, come close, but maybe not too close. Shine your light, but maybe not so brightly or maybe not quite so much on me. St. Augustine is uh, often quoted as saying, kind of prior to his conversion, or maybe shortly after his conversion to Christianity. Lord, make me chaste, but not just yet. 
There was something appealing about his life before becoming a Christian. So, light. Life and light and hope and warmth, direction, promise, but completely revelatory as well. Where do we need light to shine in our lives today? Where are the dark places in our own personal lives and in the life of our society? Where is that darkness? Or we want to say, oh Lord Jesus, shine your light. Kids at Stoneman Douglas School down in Florida, anywhere else where violence, particularly gun violence, holds sway, leads people to live in fear. We want light to shine in those places. Show us the evil intentions of hearts. Show us, O oh Lord, where our inaction leads to evil action or allows for evil action to thrive. Shine your light, O oh God, your light of life in the darkness of our fears and our anxieties and our timidity to respond and to work in love for our neighbor. Shine your light, O oh Lord, on our ignorance. When we mischaracterize those who hold different political perspectives, when we mischaracterize those of different religious beliefs, when we mischaracterize those of other cultures, shine your light on us. Reveal our ignorance. Take it away. Cast out the shadows of our sin, O Lord. And grant that we would walk in light and in life. As you intend, O Lord, in the prophet Isaiah, enlighten life with and for all people and all nations. For you, Lord, that is your intent, O Lord. Your intent for us is to live in the light and life and salvation that you give with all nations, all people. Make that happen, O Lord. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us now turn to prayer. I invite your prayers for those who continue to grieve in Florida the death of their loved ones. Of course, for all those who are grieving and struggling in ways that are not in headlines. We ask God's comfort this day. For those who live in darkness of illness and sin, addictions of fear of violence, the reality of violence in their lives, hunger and homelessness, despair. Let us pray that God's light would shine on them, in them, and through them for this world. So let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that your light shines, that your light shines in our darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Give us the eyes and the faith to see this light. Draw us to your light. And even grant, O oh Lord, that we could be light for others. Shine your light in darkness, where that darkness is an attempt to hide sin, 
an attempt to cover over our prejudices and biases when that darkness is a result of our own negligence to care for neighbor and to commit our lives to you. Shine in the darkness of human pain, of sickness and cancers and injuries. Shine, O oh God, your light in the darkness of our society's failures, where poverty runs rampant, inadequate access to health care and basic medicines, where people are hungry and don't have good food to eat. Shine your light, O oh Lord, and lead us to delight to share in the abundance you give your people. Bless all who are sick and, and suffering this day, O oh God. May they see your light, and may doctors and nurses and friends and caregivers be, be your lights, your beacons in this world. We pray for New Joy Lutheran Church, for all who hear a word of faith there and contribute to the ministry there. May they be lights in this world. Bless us, O oh God. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Hope to see you at church on Sunday, or some Sunday soon every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. at the corner of 156 and Spring Mill in Westfield, Indiana. Until I get to see you again, God bless, and may you bask in the light of Christ and be a beacon of God's light in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.